Hey everyone, um, it's Samia from TKS Ottawa, and I'm here with the super badass, super successful Gina Cody. Um, Gina was actually the first woman at Concordia to get her PhD in building engineering, and she paved the way for so many young women that came after her and actually had the Faculty of Engineering and Computer Science named after her. So with that, I'd like to welcome Gina Cody herself. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure and fun to be with you. Yeah. Um, so let's get started. So we know that you completed your bachelor's in Iran and chose to uh, come to Canada to pursue your master's. Am I right? That's correct. Perfect. And so my biggest question is, it must have been so new for you, a new environment, especially as a young woman, like you were really um, chasing after your dreams to come to Canada. And so my biggest question is, what was the biggest challenge you faced in that process? And like, what were the biggest lessons that came out of it? Uh, the lessons, I guess you constantly learn in life. So there's no specific lesson rather than the steps you take prepares you for the actions you take later on. Obviously, coming at a young age by yourself uh, over 40 years ago from Iran to Canada, I arrived in Montreal. It was a shock. I was not alone. I had my brother in Montreal at the time, so I had a support there. But I wanted to be independent, and I lived with him for a week or two and then got my own apartment and got a roommate and moved out. I wanted that independence even though I was only 23 at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was tough at times. I think the loneliness hits you. Uh, it took me uh, six months to come over being all by myself and away from my parents. I'd never lived alone. I had never taken a flight. The flight to Canada was my first airplane experience. Oh, wow. So all of that accumulates together and you look back. But when you're young, you are brave. And I think each one of you at TKS and you're all brave. You take risks because, you know, you're just asserting life. And your feeling is, what do I got to lose? Mm -hmm. But when you get older, it becomes harder to take risks. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. And it is good to take risks. Because if you don't take risks and you don't take chances, you will never succeed. You will be in the same place you are. And if you're content with that, there's nothing wrong with it. But for those of you who want to succeed, who want to elevate, who want to get to better places and achieve more and do more uh, and pave the road for those who come after you, you have to take chances because you have to change the environment to make it a better place for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that's so powerful because that's something that we actually um, 
preach a lot at, at TKS because it's we're so young, we're so uh, driven to, you know, like make a change and disrupt the tech space, for example. And so it's so important to make mistakes and you know learn from them. And so you said, okay, like it's hard. We shouldn't be uh, content and complacent with where we are now. We we should constantly constantly be pushing to uh, be better and to really succeed if we really want to make an impact. But then you mentioned that it gets harder to take risks when you're older. So do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? So like, if you were to make mistakes, how would you overcome that? And I guess manage that? What kinds of lessons came out of those things? Uh, taking mistakes, if you don't make mistakes, you never learn. You learn from your mistakes and other people's mistakes. So you have to have your eyes open and learn from that. Taking chances when you get older is because you have more responsibility, you have more um, weight on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. When I had my two daughters, you know, I had the chance of making my company way bigger than it became, but I took a step back because I needed to spend time with them. I couldn't be away too much from them. It was just emotionally hard for me and I think it would have been hard for my children as well. So you don't take those chances. It's not chances, it's more of being, um, overcoming your fears or doing more, you know, it's being more ambitious mm -hmm. uh, rather. So that is where women versus men, men, men can be more ambitious because when it comes to their kids and so on, they have this mentality that uh, it's okay, there's somebody else who will take care of the children. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to women, we always feel that responsibility towards our children that we have to be there for them. And emotionally, we need them, they need us. Mm -hmm. While we don't feel that same connection for our male counterparts. And, that's one of the reasons men are more ambitious and get out there probably than women do. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and as you said, it's a matter of priorities, right? And really having that um, work-life balance. And so, um, did you ever struggle with work-life balance, like being super ambitious and also having to like manage your family life? Or did you realize that you really needed to um, split your time and spend time with your family to really, um, I guess, achieve the happiness in life that you were striving for? Work-life balance is a question that I get asked all the time, especially from women who have just embarked on their careers and they mm -hmm. want to have children because there's a limited time they can have kids. Mm -hmm. So this answer to the work-life balance to me is having a good partner. Okay. A good partner makes all the difference. I believe parenting is an equal sharing of responsibility. Historically, women have always felt that they have the responsibility of being responsible for child's well-being and taking them to school, making the food at home, cleaning the house, and doing 
all the extra curriculum that the kids need rather than trying to share that equally with their partner. So if you take that into account, work-life balance becomes much more tolerable. It's always there for both men and women who want to succeed. And in today's economy and society, you need to travel, you need to be away, you need to put long hours. And there's always that feeling that maybe I'm ignoring my kids if I'm spending too much time at work. But the point is, if you share it equally, and you always have in your mind that you have children. I always was there for them. I'll give you an example. I had projects in Victoria, BC, and outside in Halifax, also Toronto, mainly. So I would fly in the morning, and if it was out west, I would take the red eye flight back home. So I would get home early in the morning before the kids would wake up. So I will be there for them for breakfast. So my husband would have put them to bed, but when they got up in the morning, they didn't even know mommy was gone all night. Mm -hmm. So it was a balance there. And I didn't feel as guilty that, you know, and I didn't, you know, I missed them, but it wasn't that bad, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. They were asleep. It's like coming home late at night. It was a chore. It was a weight on me. I had to, obviously, you know, work harder because I was all night on the flight. And the next morning I come home, have breakfast and go back to work. So it's, it's a lot of um, uh, hard work, mm -hmm. but it was doable. And I enjoyed it because I got the enjoyment of being with my children at the same time, having the responsibility for my job. I had my own business. I had to take care of it. it I just couldn't let it be there. And I was a person that it meant a lot to me to go back to work and make sure everything is done right. So uh, work-life balance, I think you can always manage it, provided you have a good partner. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that the key to really achieving that is having a good partner. And it's also, um, especially at our age, it's so important that we surround ourselves with the right people and like-minded people so that we can actually, you know, grow from each other and really push each other. So what's your advice for us on that in terms of surrounding yourself with the right people? How do you find people um, whose values align with yours? How do you, um, I guess, distance yourself from people that aren't helping you grow? Any tips on that? Yes. I always say that you cannot choose the color of your skin. You cannot choose how you look. You cannot choose your ethnicity, where you come from. You can't choose your parents, but you can choose your partner. So do the right thing because you are in full control. So if you have that in your mind and you know that you want, what you want in your life, choose the right person who has the same values as you do. Uh, it's hard when you are younger, you know, sometimes the chemistry, peer pressure, a lot of things get on the way that 
you feel you're attracted to somebody just because of their look, because of their behavior, because of their popularity, without taking into account that are their values in line with your values. And if your success is not that important for you, and you want to, let's say, be complacent and have that person in charge, mm -hmm. so then you can choose a person who wants to be in control. There are many, you know, male and female, both sides, that they want to be in control. Mm -hmm. And you need to choose someone that allows you to choose what you want it to be, provided you also allow that person to be who he or she wants to be. So choosing a partner and having the alignment and thinking alike is extremely important. And, uh, you know, it's, it's easy when you're young, uh, your chemistry is moving and, you know, you fall in love. Those are all great things. You know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. But have in the back of your mind who you want for the long term. You can have fun. You can be with people. You can have friends, boyfriends, girlfriends. But when you choose for long term, remember that there is a lot at stake. You, you will be producing children together. Uh, you will be working together. So this passage that you are taking is a long passage. You want it to be a long passage. You can cut that passage at any time. And if you make a mistake, don't be afraid. Cut the passage. There is nothing wrong with choosing and finding that you made a mistake, the same thing with anything else. You stay away. But the minute you know you have made a mistake, take the step back. Don't stay in a relationship if you know it's not the right one. I think that's a Biggest advice I can give the youth, don't carry on with your mistake and think it over. The actions you take, always have a second thought that um, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right person for me? And if it is, then continue. And if it is not, take a step back. Yeah, so uh, my biggest takeaway from that was like you, you're really in control of what's uh, what's happening in your life and so um, that's super key your advice um, in terms of personal growth so I'd like to just switch gears a little bit here um, so let's focus a little bit on your career so you were a trailblazer for all these women that came after you especially in your um, area of work so my biggest question is like the last time we spoke, you mentioned that you had a lot of external motivating factors. So things um, like proving your worth to your male counterparts or having to execute, like having such high pressure on you um, to execute well on projects so that you leave a legacy, etc. But my biggest question is, what was the biggest internal motivation that really um, kept you going, especially when these external factors can be uh, short lived? My internal goal was I wanted to be a good engineer. I was an engineer. I went to school for that. So I wanted to be a good engineer and be accepted. So internally, really, 
it was just a drive in me to be the best as I could be. And that was from childhood. I wa- if I was in a class, I always wanted to have one of the top marks, if not the best. If I went to university, I was always maybe a bit competitive, I would say. That was driven in me. Was it because my parents expected to me of me to be better? Maybe that had an effect on it as a childhood because they always encouraged me to do good, to get high marks. And that push was became part of my DNA that I have to be the best. And then when I went to work and started my job, I always thrived to do my best. So it was that being the person who you are internally and wanting to do your best, I think it will get you where you want to be. So always try to do your best, whatever that best may be. Yeah, so um, another, uh, a small thing that you mentioned that uh, kind of triggered a thought was, um, so you said, uh, like, a lot of it was you really, you strive to be better, etc. But you also mentioned that you also felt the need to feel accepted, right? Because you were the only woman and you, you had a lot of pressure on you, a lot of stakes. Um, So I guess, how, how did you overcome that um, need to feel accepted and that's also something that's really prevalent in our generation too right girls are really thinking twice or hesitating to really take a leap or risks or whatever um, because of their need to feel accepted or um, can, like thinking twice about what others think of them so what's your advice for I guess people like people and girls in my generation you want to be accepted you should consider that acceptance for the right thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of youth, they want to be accepted because there are a bunch of girls or boys that are popular. Popularity acceptance is a different thing Mm -hmm. than wanting to be accepted for who you are. And what I always say, Try to be authentic. What I mean by that, what makes you special, what makes you different. A lot of popularity, you see that in movies and celebrities pushing it through the youth of your generation is not really what maybe people want to be, but they want to be accepted because the acceptance criteria is established based on what you wear, how you look, how you act. So first you have to resolve it for yourself that these are not my values and I don't care if I'm not accepted by those group of people Mm -hmm. because I know that 10 or 15 years from now, I will be in a better place than they are. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a better life than they have. But at the moment, they may be popular, 
they may be admired by the entire class because the way they look and the way all the others are looking at them, whether they're male or female, but just know your values, respect your values, and trust me. If you cherish your values, you will get where you want to be. Mm-hmm. I never, when I was at high school, cared for high. The look really wasn't that important. I wasn't, I didn't want to be popular like mm-hmm. the other girls. I wanted to have the best mark. I wanted the teachers to say, Gina is a great student. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about others. So my values were different and I was totally unconscious of their thoughts mm-hmm. uh, but unfortunately these days maybe it's easier said for me than for the youth to accept that that you know being popular is a nice thing everybody wants to be popular it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing but not for the wrong reasons right yeah that was super powerful and that's actually something that we study in one of the mindsets we study in tks it's it's super important to stay authentic and really embrace who you are your passions that kind of thing even if you are different from the crowd and it's so it's so prevalent um uh, amongst tks students because we're so different in the sense that um we really want to disrupt the uh, tech space and really make an impact and you're 100 percent right like you really have to know yourself and understand who you are and really um, feel comfortable with showing that and uh, to really succeed and make an impact on a large group of people and ultimately you will be more successful. And so I totally agree. And um, as I mentioned, we're all starting to explore our interests, our passions, that kind of thing. And so we're still, a lot of us are still on the hunt for our purpose in life, our niche, that kind of thing. So my biggest question is how did you find your passion or how did you find that niche that was best for you and do you have any um i guess advice for your younger self that would be super useful to us you have to concentrate and find what you are good at and nobody knows that better than you do you know some people are great at literature so they can be good writers they don't have to be a techie some people love physics and chemistry. So you, you need to find what your niche at and also what really takes you, gives you pleasure. So you need to choose your niche based on what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Happiness in life is the most important aspect of life. Being Best in something, you know, I I always say, was Steve Jobs a happy man? It may be your role model for a lot of young people, but you have to consider, was he a happy person? Did he enjoy his life? And if he did, then you want to follow in his footsteps. You want to be him. He was a great man. He was a great inventor and he was constantly improving what he did but the happiness is another aspect for you your generation as youth is to me happiness 
is the most important thing to choose what makes you happy. So when you found that, and a lot of you want your happiness to be in helping others, that's why you're attracted. And you want to find a technical approach or through STEM to come and make a difference. How to make the world a better place by coming up through inventions, through utilizing technology to come up with avenues that can, let's say, help climate change, make our cities smarter, make our way of life a better way. And now living through these coronavirus crises, it makes you wake up and realize that how do we use technology, how we have tried to focus on all these aspects and maybe have forgotten about the most important thing, which is the viruses. A small virus has made the entire world stay at home and be afraid of a virus that if you collect all of that, Around the world, you can't even fill up the bottle, the amount of the weight of that virus. That small is making the entire world to come to their knees. Mm -hmm. So where is our technology? Mm -hmm. Are we really that advanced that we think we are? Walking on the moon is the most important thing. So you look at the technology in a different way. That should we focus ourselves on how we make the life a better play, life for people? And how do we achieve that? And how do we overcome obstacles? And to choose the avenues, and I know most of you are in this because you want to make the world a better place. You see global warming. You're all afraid. And to be fair to you, my generation and the generation before me is handing you a terrible world that we can see now. And when you talk about it, people don't want to accept it. We are not giving you a nice planet to live in. We are giving you a polluted one with lots of problems. Inequality in the world is growing more and more and more in the section of the world that considers itself first world countries, the strongest countries, the most powerful countries. These are the countries that inequality is just spreading widely. So maybe, you know, when you choose how do we address inequality? How do we bring the inequality down? What do we need to do to address that? But what you choose is your choice and it should make you happy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so um, the biggest thing out of that and that something that really resonated with me is that the priority should be to um, really make, make a positive impact on the lives of others. And so we should be working to do that so that we can actually um, provide good opportunities for the following generations. And so just going off of that, um, the last time we spoke, you mentioned that 
especially for successful people, we owe it to ourselves and society to that enabled our success to really give back and do good for the community. And something, um, especially to, um, I guess, resolve those inequalities. And so you have contributed a generous donation to um, Concordia. And so my question was, how did you see this as a valuable investment, especially to resolve those inequalities and make um, a really positive impact on the following generation? And so what was the um, expected outcome? I felt that I owe it to the society that made me who I become. I, I felt an obligation rather than a want and a need. So that obligation was that a woman from Iran was given the chance to be successful and have a great life. So what is my duty? I wanted to have many me's, if not way better than me. I want them to be far exceed who I became, yeah, because I was, I'm just a small uh, person in the whole world, and I, you know, my achievements are very small. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to give back A to a university that is open-heartedly accepts everyone. To me, inequality comes in different ways. One is ethnicity, religion, culture, color of the skin. We are not the same, but we are equal. So I wanted a university that is looking at everyone, and it's a platform for a all of them to be and feel the same. So I chose a university that I graduated and I felt that acceptance. The second thing was because we are entering the fourth industrial revolution where STEM is the most important part of bringing equality in workforce. So if you don't get into STEM, I felt that the female gender will fall way behind their male counterparts. They need to enter into STEM program, engineering and computer science mainly. And by having a faculty named after a woman, it wasn't me, it was never about me and it will never be about me. It was about a gender that is not prominent in that sector. <clears throat> so by that, having a faculty named after a woman, it hopefully makes women and girls feel that they do belong. Mm -hmm. I believe engineering and computer science is for everyone, regardless of gender, ethnicity, culture or wealth. So if you belong, believe in that, you have to create a passage for that to happen. Mm -hmm. So you give a scholarship for, to those who cannot afford it. You put a name of a gender that is not prominent in that 
um, sector. Mm -hmm. So by doing that and being an immigrant and being not from the accepted uh, ethnicity, it brings that all of that together. So that's what my mission was. And I hope I have left a little small effect on everyone. Mm -hmm. And when I speak with the students at the university, I get such a warming and uh, fulfilling response that it gives me the pleasure. And I always say this is the best thing I have ever done in my life. If one would tell me what is the most important thing you have achieved, I would say giving back to the society and I hope there will be many 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 more like me better than me and I will be forgotten because there's so many good people out there that I'm just a little raisin in the big pot yeah absolutely and you're so humble and so real about it but uh, you have really, um, I guess, molded pathways for so many young women that came after you, especially people who have the technical abilities and who have the skills to really thrive in those areas. So just the key takeaways from this uh, chat with you. So the biggest thing, um, I think, was really being authentic with yourself and really embracing your mistakes, the lessons you learned, etc. Because everyone does have a chip on their shoulder, but it's it's pushing past that and really learning from that. and being happy with yourself and doing good for other people. And so coming to my next point, um, happiness should be your priority and really pursuing your passion and doing what makes you happy is what is sustainable. And that's a very um, sustainable long-term internal motivation. And lastly, um, something that resonated with me and I'm sure with a lot of the TKS kids is that we need to be prioritizing um, doing good for other people, like really making a positive impact on the lives of other people. And so those are the biggest um, takeaways for me. And it was so, such a pleasure talking to you today. Um, and so that was a really strong note to end on. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope um, everyone listening to this gained as much value from your knowledge as I did. So thank you so much and take care. Thank you. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. And you are a trailblazer, my dear. You are. And I cannot wait to see where you are at in 10 years. Please stay in touch and let me know what you achieve because I will be very, very, very proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. That really means a lot coming from you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Let's stay safe. You Bye. too. Bye.